very often back in the days, is instead of greeting each other and asking about each other's health or asking about um, anything concerning the, the, the person in front of them, they'd say to, to each other, how is your faith? And I had a monk, there was a monk in, in the monastery who whenever he'd see me, he'd ask me, he wouldn't ask me much about myself, he'd ask me, how's your prayer rule? And if I wasn't done with my prayer rule, he'd say, come, let's go for a walk. So that we can, he can encourage me to finish my prayer rule. And so the, the, the prayer um, was considered by them a sign of the spiritual life, a sign of the health of the spiritual life. So instead of asking about the physical health, they were asking about the spiritual health of the person. And so before prayer, I said there'll be two things. The first one is we need to acknowledge there's a, a huge struggle uh, before. Uh, there's a huge struggle in our life of prayer. It's not easy uh, for us to pray. And like we said, it's warfare to the last breath. Avavaton said it's one of the, the things that the demons will fight, the enemies will fight. And so that's because it's our relationship with God. If we have a solid relationship with God, then we'll, we'll be strong. But the problem is the enemy doesn't want us to have that solid relationship. And so he fights us constantly. And he wants to deter that communication between us and our Creator in order for us not to have a strong spiritual life and a strong relationship with the Lord. Um, saint Theophan de Recluse, a Russian saint, he said, One must labor in prayer without hesitation, zealously, hopefully, trying to obtain a burning spirit through sober attention to God, as if it were the promised land. Work in prayer and praying about everything, Pray even about this limit of prayer, a burning spirit, and you will truly attain that which you seek. And so saying, basically, just if, if the saying is confusing, basically St. Theophan is saying, pray about prayer itself. So it's not about, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know how to pray, so I just say, Khalas, I'm not going to pray because I don't know how to pray. St. Theophan is telling us, pray about what it is you're seeking. So if I'm seeking to truly learn how to pray, I should ask for it. I should pray about it. One of the fathers said, if we wait, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact saying, but he says something along the lines of, if we wait on, if we wait to pray until we have pure prayer, we will never pray. So we'll never truly have pure prayer uh, without praying. And so we need to pray, and the purity of our prayer or true uh, prayer only comes through that uh, effort that we put in and the grace of God. St. Macarius the Great says, if you do not have prayer, work at prayer. And the Lord seeing your labor and seeing how you are patient in the labor and wholeheartedly desire this good thing will grant you this prayer. And so we need to work at it. And so it's it's that's the first thing. We need to struggle and we need to uh, you know, and there's something called self-coercion. Pope Shenouda, in, in one of his books, the, the Characteristics of the Spiritual Paths, he, he has a chapter on self-coercion. Um, I forgot, I think it's the third or fourth chapter. And, and he talks about the importance, generally speaking, he says, for any virtue, you need to push yourself. And so he's going through different things, and he's saying, if we think about the most important thing for us, 
when we begin the spiritual life. Someone may say, he asks a general question, and he says, many people will say maybe repentance, because repentance is a turning point in the, in the life of a man. For example, St. Augustine repented and then, and then changed and became a Christian. Or maybe because of this you know, self-examination, accountability, I begin to change my life. But even that, Pope Shenouda uh, says, that even begins with self-coercion. I need to push myself in order to repent. I need to push myself to sit with myself. I need to push myself to really examine the depths of my heart and the dirt that's in it in order to reveal it, in order to expose it before the Lord. And so he's saying one of the most important things is self-coercion in the spiritual life. And he says a person, yani, there's nobody who begins the spiritual life of prayer or begins prayer having perfected it. So I need to begin. And when we begin anything in the spiritual life, there's always that struggle. And like we said, the devil fights prayer. And so as he's fighting prayer, um, His Holiness uh, says that we need to have that virtue of self-coercion. We need to push ourselves. Um, and he says, you know, sometimes people will object to that and say, I should be doing things out of love. I should be doing things because I feel like I need to do it or I want to do it. But the problem with that is we'll never be at that stage of perfect love without first struggling and having self-coercion. We need to push ourselves, and through self-coercion, through pushing ourselves, we'll reach that state of, now I'm doing it because I love it. Now I'm doing it because I love God. Now I'm doing it because I want to do it, and it's not, a, it's not difficult on me. Um, but the problem is, unless we force ourselves, we won't do that. Um, and one of the, the Russian saints, he says, if you do not feel like praying, you have to force yourselves, as the Holy Fathers have said, uh, you may not want to, but you need to force yourself because the kingdom of heaven is taken by force. And that's a reference to Matthew 11. Uh, so he says, because the kingdom of heaven is taken by force, I need to be forceful. I need to take it by force. And St. John Climacus says, St. John Climacus or St. John of the Ladder, Hold on to the staff of prayer and you will not fall. And even if you fall, it will not be faithful, since prayer is a devout, persisting, coercing of God. So because I'm persistent, because I'm coercing God, I will, uh, I will not fall. Um, and that's what this, this widow did in the reading. She was persistent with that unjust judge. And so she got her requests. So when the Lord says, what about our Heavenly Father? If we are persistent in our request, to have true prayer, pure prayer, loving prayer. If we are persistent in our requests to have a relationship with God, then God will grant this to us. So the first thing is self-coercion or a truly struggle in order to, like we have to before prayer know that there'll be a struggle and we need to be ready for it and we need to be willing to push ourselves. Not at every moment where we just say, oh, I don't feel like it, unless I don't do it. Because if I, every time I say I don't feel like it, and I decide, okay, because I don't feel like it, I don't pray, then we will never pray. But if I realize that even if I don't feel like it, I need to push myself, I need to struggle, I need to have that self-coercion that uh, Pope Shenouda talks about, 
then I will grow uh, in prayer and I will learn how to pray um, uh, properly. The second thing is we need to dedicate a time uh, for prayer each day. And so if I have a set time, it gives me kind of a, a, a accountability. At this time, I'm going to pray. And so every day at, at a particular time, no matter what, I drop everything. I pray. I know some of you have been to the monastery. What happens at 5 p.m.? Vespers. Hmm? Vespers, right? The bell rings, right? What, what happens when the bell rings? Everybody goes to church. Do you see any monks outside? I hope not, right? <laughs> and so the monks drop everything. There are monks sometimes who are, you know, busy with work and whatnot. They drop everything because the bell rang. One of the bishops one time I remember told me there's a, there's a habit that he teaches his monks in his monastery in Egypt. Whenever he hears uh, the bell, I'll say it in Arabic for the Arabic speaking people because it rhymes, then I'll translate it in English. He says whenever the bell rings, he used to tell me, uh, say, Kudus, 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 Ablima Shaitan Yudus. <laughs> so say, Holy, 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 uh, before the devil kind of steps on you or, or over, overcomes you. But it rhymes really nicely in Arabic. So, um, so, so as soon as the bell rings, we used to do the sign of the cross and say that saying, Holy, 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 uh, because it's time of prayer. So we drop everything. Regardless of what work it is we're doing, uh, and if, maybe it's it's not as easy for. But I'm just saying, in the monastery we drop everything. Even when I was on the phone with people that were maybe not Christians, like something to do with with administrative duties at the monastery, I'd say I'm sorry, I have to go, and I'd hang up on them because it's prayer time, and so we have to have a dedicated time. When we have that dedicated time. We'll, we'll kind of plan our day around it. So, for example, I can have a set time in the morning. Yes, it's difficult to wake up 10, 15 minutes early before work. But again, if there is the self-coercion, if I push myself, I'll get used to it. I'll form the habit of getting up earlier. Or in the evenings, I come back from work and I say to myself, before I eat, before I, I do anything, I'll pray. So that I don't come at the end of the night and say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day and, and that's it, I, I need to rest. And then at the end of the day, I haven't prayed in the morning, I haven't prayed at night, I haven't prayed during the day. Um, and so if we set a, a, a set time, it helps a lot. And, and that time we need to say, it's consecrated to God. It's that time of the day that we dedicate to God. It's as if we're in church. Um, and so by dedicating, and this is something you discuss with your spiritual father too, you figure out what's best for you. Um, another thing we can do is, is set up routines. Um, so when you wake up, your first thought should be towards God. You know, And that's what the Igbeya teaches us to do. When we read, when we pray the, the first hour of the Igbeya, this is what the Igbeya is teaching us to do, to, to have our mind set on God from the very beginning of the day. Um, and we can, for example, get up and bow down to God. Like Pope Kirillus had this, this saying, and I don't remember it very well, but um, he would say, when you get up in the morning, um, before you do anything, 
just do the sign of the cross. Then wash your face, then say your prayers. And so when you get into the routine of doing that, your day is blessed and you don't get lazy. But if you start doing other things in the morning before you pray, you'll find you got busy and, and, and you're off to work or school or whatever it is, and you're not really doing it. And the other thing is we need to stay consistent. And um, consistency requires us to form that habit. So if I have a routine and I form a habit, then it becomes easier. But if you know, I pray when I feel like it, or if I'm not consistent, then again, I won't really be praying. Pope Tawadros one time said one of the things to form a good habit, he was saying the fathers uh, say it takes 40 days. Um, so if it takes 40 days, he was saying, um, if I want, for example, to form the habit of praying in the morning, I need 40 days to form that good habit, 40 consecutive days. And he was saying, if say after day 19 or 20, I skip a day, he says, you have to start from scratch. And the count starts all over 40 days again, in order to truly form that habit of praying, uh, say early in the morning. Same thing with your scriptural readings. If you want to pray every day, uh, if you want to read every day scripture, you need to form that habit. So it takes 40 days in order to really form that habit and it becomes more kind of like second nature. Oh, I know now I need to read, or now I need to pray. And it's easier. You'll still be fought, but it's much easier. Um, and so, before prayer, first thing is self-coercion. The second thing is need to dedicate time. Yeah, I mean, part of it is consistency, but need to dedicate specific time, consecrate time for God. And be consistent in it. And then when you begin prayer, one of the things that happens, obviously, is what's, what, what happens when we pray? Hmm? You zone out. You get distracted, right? All the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. And so one of the things St. Macarius says, when you're coming to pray, cut off the tree of thoughts so that you may pray. So it's as if he's saying we have like this tree growing in us of all these different thoughts. And he says, before you pray, cut it off. Sayyidna one time told us uh, at the monastery, he gave us this, this technique. Uh, he didn't really use that analogy of St. Macarius, but not, like I link it now. Like, um, he was saying, externalize all your thoughts before prayer. So all the thoughts that may come to you, put them on a piece of paper. Take a piece of paper and a pen and write. Or maybe now you have iPads where you can write on and phones you can write on. So externalize it. Put it on a piece of paper. So I have this thought about such and such a thing and what I'm going to do today and what I'm going to do at work. And I have a meeting with my boss and, and, and. And then after you've externalized all these thoughts, go over them and ask yourself, is this really more important than the prayer I'm about to offer to God right now? And you'll find that for all of them, or at least in most cases, for all of them, it's not more important. So you cross it off. And when you see this with your eyes and you've taken it out, or if you've cut off that tree that St. Macarius is talking about, it makes it a little easier when you're standing up to pray. 
Because even if that one of those distractions does come, you've already externalized it on a piece of paper and you'll quickly remember that this isn't as important as, as what it, you know, it seems to be. And so you'll kind of like brush it off quickly. Another thing St. Isaac the Syrian says, he says distractions will come no matter what. So St. Isaac the Syrian says we'll always have distractions. But what we do with the distraction is in our hands. He says it's like a bird or, you know, it's like a bird that comes. You won't let it sit on your head and form a nest. Does it make sense? Or an insect. You're not going to see a fly come and, and, or a mosquito come and suck your blood and, and be happy that it's sucking your blood. You're going to swat it away, right? And so thing, same things with the distraction, the thoughts that come to us during prayer. We need to swat them away quickly. We need to get rid of them quickly. And so as soon as we realize we have a thought of some sort, St. Isaac the Syrian says, take it and turn it into a prayer. Take that very thought. So for example, if I'm standing in prayer and I'm thinking about uh, my meeting with my boss, I have a meeting today at work with my boss and I'm thinking about it. I can take that, stop, like say I'm praying a psalm. So I'm praying Psalm 12, how long the Lord will forget me forever. I stop. I don't continue the psalm. I take this distraction. Okay, I have a meeting with my boss. Lord, forgive me. I'm not supposed to be thinking about this now. I'm supposed to be focused on you. Forgive me for thinking about this. Bless my meeting with my boss. Be there in our presence. Let it be according to your will. And help me now focus on you again. Help me focus on my prayers. You've prayed about it. Move on. Go back to the psalm. And so you'll find you defeat the devil in two ways. One, the very distraction he's using to prevent you from praying has turned into a prayer. And he hasn't prevented you from actually praying the things that you were praying, like the Agbeya or whatever it is you were doing. Even if it's a bad thought, you take it and you turn it into a prayer. So I get a bad thought, I judge somebody, a, a, a lustful thought, whatever it is. I take it, Lord, forgive me, I shouldn't be thinking about this. Purify my thoughts, purify my heart, help me focus on you, and so on. And bless my time with you. And return to prayer. Another thing um, I forgot to mention about before prayer, but like sometimes too, um, we need to kind of, or maybe it's it's here to deal with the distraction, sorry. Um, if, if we pray before prayer, sometimes we're kind of like, you know, we watch a sitcom or we watch a movie or whatever, and then I'm done with the show, so I'll get up and pray because I'm supposed to pray. And I'm standing there, and what's running through my head? Everything I just watched. I remember the jokes or the movie or the scene or this or that. And I'm not really able to focus because my mind and, and everything was on something else. So I need to kind of get into a, a, a quiet uh, mode. I need to kind of filter all this out. And so one of the things is to pray before prayer. So say, like again, Sayyidina once taught us, he, he pointed out um, that even in the Agbeya, like in the midnight prayers, he pointed out that even in the midnight prayers, we pray before prayer. So what do we pray before the first watch? Okay. Hmm? I mean, the Agbeya is, 
No, the first watch, like I'm praying, the, I'm about to pray the midnight prayers, and I'm about to, to pray the first watch. What's right before the first watch? Arise. Arise, O children of delight, let us praise the Lord of hosts. And it says, uh, Teach us, O Lord, uh, grant me, O Lord, that I may know how to stand before you. That I may know how to stand before you at the time of prayer with reverence at the time of prayer, so that I may offer you the appropriate glorification and win the forgiveness of my many sins or our many, our, our many sins, right? So I'm, I'm praying before prayer. I'm asking God to teach me how to stand before him, to offer him glorification. I'm asking for forgiveness of my sin through this prayer that's coming up. And so I'm starting my prayer of the like midnight prayers, with another prayer that kind of sets the tone. And so sometimes if, if we've been busy with so many other things, maybe we need to sit in, in, a, in a quiet environment for a bit. And we need to raise our hearts to God and ask Him to bless our time with Him. Ask Him to help us pray, help us glorify Him, help us focus on Him, so that that time is not wasted and that we don't leave um, you know, I want to say we don't leave condemned, but rather we leave having gained something. And so we start prayer by prayer as well. So we prepare that way. Um, and another thing is like when we're praying, and if you're using your phone to pray, don't don't put it on, on vibrate or, or silent. Shut it off. Like put it on airplane mode because... If you get a call or a text message, or, or it's going to distract you. And so we're creating distractions for ourselves. In our days, we have all this technology, and it's good. It's useful. But if we don't make wise use of it, it, it destroys us. And very often, even if we're not using the phone to pray, we have our phone right by us. As soon as a call comes, oh, sorry, God, I, I, I need to take this call. Does that make sense? Of course not. The call isn't that important. The call can wait. I mean, unless some of you are like brain surgeons on, on call or something, I don't think it's that critical, you know? And so every call can wait. Every text message can wait. Every, and all the other stuff, every Twitter message and Instagram message and all the nonsense can wait. And so shut off your, your phones. Shut off the internet. Don't don't get distracted by all the stuff that's around us, all the technology. Pray in a quiet environment and don't create distractions for yourself. It's enough the distractions that the devil sends our way, the thoughts he sends. If we create our own distractions, then that's our fault. So that's the first thing. First thing is dealing with distractions. So we, we can externalize it, cut off that tree like St. Macarius says, or we can turn prayer into prayer, and we can pray before prayer in order to ask God to bless. And the second thing uh, during prayer is um, how to actually pray. What should we pray? And we see, you know, sometimes we don't know how to address God. And the church gives us five things that we can use. One is the liturgical prayers. We come to, to the liturgy, and we have all these beautiful prayers in the liturgy. Maybe the problem is, you know, we don't maybe understand everything that's going on. Well, now you should. Now it's in English 
all English literature. So you should be understanding every single word. And when you pay attention to the words, when you pray them, you'll find you're learning how to pray. You, you take those prayers and you turn them into prayers at home. You turn them into personal prayers, even during the liturgy. When we pray for the sick, how many people do we know are sick? And so Abuna is saying, let's pray for the sick people. The deacon says, pray for the sick. And the deacons and, and the congregation says, Lord, have mercy. But are we really saying, Lord, have mercy? Are we just saying, Lord, have mercy? Because th those are the words we're supposed to say, and we're not really praying it. Maybe at that time, we can think of those sick people that we know. The sick people that have asked us to pray for them. And all the sick people that we don't know. And truly say, Lord, have mercy on those people. Grant them healing if it is your will. And support them in what it is they're going through. We pray for the travelers. All of us travel. All of us get in cars and travel. And, and okay. We pray the, the litany of the travelers. Should we not be praying for those who are traveling all the time? For ourselves, really. Anyways, so, so the point is, the liturgy teaches us much, a lot. The fractions, the fractions in the liturgy are beautiful. If we pay attention to what's being said, we will learn a lot of theology, and we will learn how to pray on our own as well. Um, so first thing, liturgical prayer. Second thing, we have the Agbeya. In the Agbeya, uh, we, we should have a daily canon, a, a spiritual canon that our our spiritual father gives us. And we need to take the words of the Agbeya and turn them into our own. We need to learn, I'm not just praying King David's Psalms. The Psalms need to make sense to me. The Psalms, if I don't understand them, I can uh, research, I can try to understand what King David was saying or the other, other uh, writers were saying in order for them to make more sense. And then I can, I can also like, you know, Every day is different. And so one psalm today might touch me in a way, and the same psalm tomorrow might touch me in a different way. Because we, we go through different things every day. And so, for example, if I'm in distress, I can say Psalm 119 in the Ikbaya. In my distress, I call to you, O Lord. If, you know, I want to, uh, or I can say, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Asking for God's help. I need His help. Out of the depths, 129, out of the depths, I cried to you, O Lord. But then out of the depths of what? I'm not just repeating words. So out of the depths of what am I crying out to the Lord? Maybe out of the depths of my sins. I need help, Lord. Help me overcome my sins. Out of the depths of my anxieties. I need to overcome my worries and anxieties, Lord. So I'm crying to you from the depths of my heart. Out of the depths of whatever, my despair, my uh, tribulation that I'm going through. And so I turn the words of the Psalms into something meaningful to me. And when I'm praying it, I lift up truly my heart to God, and truly the prayers are from the depths of my heart. And so pray them as your own words to God. And you'll find that in every hour there's a Psalm that speaks to you. Um, and one thing you can do because sometimes one of the things we say is, you know, it's repetitive. Like, we pray the same thing every day. So, unless you're given a canon where you're praying all the psalms of the hour, switch it up. Don't pray the same psalm. Don't always pick the shortest psalms. Don't go to, like, the 12th hour and pick, like, 133 or 132 because 
Okay, it's just a few lines. I'll be done in, in a few moments, you know. Switch it up. Don't, don't be lazy with prayer. Don't try to kind of find shortcuts. When you, sorry. So I was going to say one thing that Sayyidina had told me one time, because sometimes we try to do that, is he said instead of trying to make your, your rule of prayer to be like a certain number of hours of prayer, just make it a certain amount of time. And then that way it doesn't matter how fast or slow you go. Either way, it's just a matter of time. So it kind of helps you to say, you know what, I might as well go slower and try to think and pay attention rather than try to rush through mm. it to say, okay, I want to get to the end. Mm. Yeah, very good. And another thing too is, is, is sometimes, you know, you can sing part of it. So sometimes when, when you're holding the Agbeya and you're singing it out loud, all your senses are, the touch is functioning. The, um, the, the speech or tongue is functioning. Your ears are hearing it. Your eyes are, are, are seeing it. All you're missing is the incense and, you know, <laughs> and then you'll have the smell too. But, um, and so you can switch it up in many ways. Or sing song and, and read song or pray song silently if you need to. But switching it up is very important. Uh, the third thing is we have many, many prayers of the saints. The saints have written beautiful prayers. And when we, we use them, they teach us what it is we should say to God. One of my favorite books um, is, is this, this blue book. It's called The Spiritual Psalter of uh, St. Ephraim the Syrian. It was compiled by St. Theophan de Recluse. Uh, St. Ephraim the Syrian, um, it's, it's 150 prayers, and they're mostly focused on repentance. We used to order so many at the monastery because everyone we'd see would just recommend it to. So <laughs> I recommend it to everybody. It's, it's really beautiful. They have, I mean, the book has wonderful prayers. They're, they're a page or a page and a half long. And I find almost all of them I can connect to. I'll, I'll pray it and I'll say, how does he know what I'm feeling? How does he know my soul? One of my favorites one is, is prayer 120. And it's titled, how many times, O Lord, have I asked or, or have I, um, how many times have I promised? And yet I've turned back to my former ways. And you pray it. Maybe at the end, if there's time, I'll, I'll pull it out and, and pray. What time are we supposed to finish? 8.30. So, yeah, if there's time at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it out and we can, like, I'll, I'll pray it. But it's beautiful. And so, when we pray prayers like this, I find, at least for me personally, I find I connect. I find I can, I, they really turn into my own prayers. And they teach me what it is I should say later on when I'm doing personal prayers. So first thing, liturgical prayers. Teach, like the things that teach us what to say to God or how to pray. Liturgical prayers, Agbeya, prayers of the saints. The fourth thing, arrow prayers. What's an arrow prayer? Like a quick prayer before, hmm? quick prayer for like driving and eating something like that. They are they are quick prayers, um, but not just driving or eating. They can be done at any time. One of the quick one of the arrow prayers. It's called an arrow prayer first of all because it, it really ascends quickly to God. That's one thing, like the Jesus prayer. 
Oh, you were at the kids' camp when I mentioned it, so. <laughs> so, so I didn't give this talk, but I told the kids to learn the Jesus prayer from the age of like, what, what were they, eight? I want them to grow up praying the Jesus prayer. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Jesus prayer power comes from the name of the Lord Jesus. In in the the Sali, the Monday Sali, uh, in the Tazbeha, there's a verse, in the, the second verse. It says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus, does anyone know it? No? Is likened to a sword casting down the enemy. So anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus is likened to a sword casting down the enemy. When I call upon the name of the Lord, I defeat the enemy. And so when when the devil fights me with something, I call upon his name. I use the arrow prayers. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the Lord, the Jesus prayer. The most famous one is the Jesus prayer. But some some many people will just take a verse that they love in the in the, in the Bible and they'll repeat it. The desert fathers used to say, Make haste of God to help me. Psalm 69, the beginning of it. Make haste of God to help me. And they, or, or make speed, whatever translation. You, and, and they just repeat it nonstop. And this was the arrow prayer they'd use. And so there's power in the name. An example of that one time, there was a man in Egypt who, um, his son had a brain tumor. A young, young child. It was his only son. And he was maybe like two years old or something. And he took him everywhere, all the doctors and traveled and, and did everything and nothing worked. And, uh, and he, the kid was, was on his deathbed. And the, the, they, had the, like they had all the women in the house, in the apartment, and they were doing the whole like, you know, wailing and, and all that stuff that Egyptian women do. And uh, he walked out of the, he, was, he couldn't take it. He just walked out of the apartment, went down and um, he kind of just walked into the middle of the street and just yelled out, Yarab, O Lord, O God. Is it Yarab would be O God? I guess. O God, <laughs> really loud from, from the depths of his heart. That's the only word he said, O God or O Lord. Actually, St. Macario is the great, I'll, I'll give you the end of the story, but <laughs> 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 no, I'll leave you hanging for a few minutes. St. Macario is the great, one time he said, you are not required to say many words. Don't look for sophisticated words in prayer. It is sufficient, he says, if, if, if all you want to say is, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, that is sufficient. He says, even if you just say, Lord Jesus, that is sufficient. And then he goes, even if you just say, Lord, that is sufficient. But pray it from the depths of your heart. And so that's what that man did. He went out on the street and said, Lord. From the depths of his heart, he yelled it out. As soon as he did this, the wailing up in the apartment turned into, you know, the Zagrata, whatever that's called in, in English. And, and they were all rejoicing. So he's like, what's going on? Or they're crazy. So he went up and he found his son walking, jumping around. So he took him to the doctors and it turned out everything was gone. He was healed. 
I'm not saying every time we're going to say, Lord, a miracle will happen. But what I am saying, there is power in calling upon God and using arrow prayers. And this is an example of it. But he prayed it in faith and it had a great result in his life. So it's called ululation. Ululation? So it turned from wailing to ululation. <laughs> no, ul yeah, the ululation is not the uh, Yeah, so from wailing to... The, the yeah, ul I'm I am waiting to know it's the American church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll teach them how to ululate. <laughs> you know, up until now, I, like whenever like I'm praying and it starts, like the ululation, I kind of like get startled and I, I'm like... <laughs> it is. So first thing, liturgical prayers. Second thing, Agbeya prayers. Third thing, prayers of the saints. Fourth thing, arrow prayers. The fifth thing that we can do is the personal prayers. And like I said, in personal prayers, there's no need to, to use like huge vocabulary. We don't have to be sophisticated. God just wants our simplicity. And so St. John Climacus, he says, Before all else, let us list sincere thanksgiving first on the scroll of our prayer. So he says, start with thanksgiving. On the second line, we should put confession and heartfelt contrition of soul. Then let us present our petition to the King of us all. This is the best way of prayer as it was shown to one of the brethren by an angel of the Lord. So St. John Climacus says, thanksgiving. Confess, and then your requests. And when you think about it, what do we do in the Agbeya? We start off with our Father. This puts us in the presence of God. We realize we're speaking to our Heavenly Father. Once we realize we're in His presence, what do we do? Thanksgiving, like He's saying. We pray the Thanksgiving prayer. And then after that, Psalm 50. So we're asking for forgiveness of our sins, and we're repenting. And so it's exactly what St. John Climacus is saying we should be doing. And so in prayer, in our personal prayer, we should have those principles always in mind. We need to give thanks. We need to reveal our sins and our weaknesses to the Lord because our healing comes from Him. And unless we expose our weaknesses to Him and ask for healing, then how should we get it? And we need to be simple in prayer. Um, Speaking of simplicity, there's a story, I don't know if any of you have heard of it, uh, Tolstoy, how do you say Tolstoy? Yeah, he, he, he has it in his book. Do you know this? He's a Russian author. Um, and some people, in this I don't know, if it's, some people say St. Athanasius was, but I'll, I'll say the story in any Forget the St. Athanasius part. But some people say the bishop I'm about to mention is St. Athanasius, but I, I never heard of that. So anyways, um, there was a bishop and, and several people with him on a boat. And they're traveling uh, on a fishing boat. And during their, their, their travels, um, the, the, they hear, I mean, some people, like he overhears a conversation about these hermits living on a remote island. And all they're doing is seeking the salvation of their souls, these three hermits. And so the bishop tells the captain, I want to go see these hermits. Take me to that island. So the captain looks at him and he says, well, your, your, your grace, it's not worth it. These old men are, are, are foolish people. They, they don't know what they're doing. Just forget it. And so the bishop insists and he says, take me there. And so he takes him there. And he goes to the hermits and he meets them. 
And he asks them, like, I heard, you know, you're seeking the salvation of your soul. What is it that you do? And so they in simplicity said, you know, we don't do anything. All we do is we, we pray and we say, you are three and we are three. Have mercy upon us. <laughs> this is their prayer. <laughs> so they're talking to God. You are three and we are three. Have mercy on us. <laughs> and this is all they did all day. This is how they sought the salvation of their souls. Um, and so the bishop realized they truly have little knowledge. They're very ignorant. And so he decided to talk to them a little bit about uh, the Orthodox faith, the scripture, the Trinity, and so on. And then he wanted to teach them the Lord's Prayer, our Father. So he spent the entire day teaching them our Father, and they would try, and they would say it. And there's a, there's a Russian clip, if you, I think you might find it online. There's a Russian clip where, you've seen it? It's on YouTube. There's a Russian clip that shows this, this whole like interaction at school. But anyways, they, they try and try and try. And at the end of the day, finally, he's satisfied. He thinks, you know, they, they've got it memorized. And they're able to kind of say it, but you know, they struggle. But they, they're able to say it. So the bishop leaves them, and he gets on his boat, and he's, he's off. And then he sees something that looks like he thinks it's a boat. So he tells the captain, slow down. Somebody's coming, uh, catching up to us. Then he looks, and he realizes it's not a boat. It's these three men running on water, coming catching up to the bishop. And they come and they say to the bishop, forgive us, we've forgotten the prayer. Can you please remind us? And so he looks down at them and he says, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't need to remember this prayer. You just pray for us. <laughs> Your own prayer, he said, will reach the Lord. You pray for us. And pray for us sinners. And so I, I, I'm sharing the story just to show that simplicity in our prayer is very important. It's not about sophisticated words. It's not about like, you know, sometimes we're like, yeah. I think that one of sometimes people get, for instance, I've heard a lot from people, you know, who have tried to pray with the Igbeya or struggle with praying the Igbeya or don't understand what is the importance of the Igbeya. That, you know, when, when your reverence says this, Sometimes people feel the Igbeya is the sophisticated words, that, that it's not the, um, that it's not like that simple prayer from the heart. And they struggle to, to reconcile to this kind of understanding of prayer with, in practice, what we're told to pray. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I started off with the first four things, because these first four teach us what to do in the fifth thing, which is the personal prayer. Without the first four, we don't know how to speak to God. Without the first four, we don't know how to stand with reverence before Him. Without the first four, we don't know what to say. We don't have a true relationship. Yes, I can think I can speak to him just like this, but in reality, we'll never do it. And so the Agbeya teaches me what to say. And we'll find in the Agbeya, like St. Athanasius, when he, he has this, this letter called the letter to Marcellinus. In the letter to Marcellinus, he, he, writes, he writes a nice introduction about the Psalms, generally speaking. And then he gives like this whole like thing, uh, like a bunch of like paragraphs on in different states, like say I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm joyful, I'm distracted, I'm going through tribulations. For each state, he says, in this particular state, pray these psalms. In this particular state, pray those psalms. In those, he gives us 
like kind of a remedy for each state or, or the pro appropriate psalms we should pray in those states uh, of mind. Because those psalms comfort us. But we need to pray them again, like I said before, from the depths of our heart. We need to really turn them into prayers that mean something to us. But if I'm just going through it, kid, like like we said, like I'm picking the shortest psalm and I say, behold how good and how pleasant it is for burning to dwell together. And then I just go through it and I don't really think about, okay, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So, did I live in unity today with my brothers? Did I enjoy unity? Was I blessed by God? At the end of the psalm it says, For the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Did I receive that blessing from God? Or am I just picking that short psalm because it's short and I'm just going through it? And so I need to make those words real to me. Have them reveal something about me. Have them give me something so that I benefit from it. Um, <clears throat> Finally, after prayer, um, very often... Um, we wonder, you know, how, so I prayed, how do I hear God answering me? And just, just before I get to that, one of the fathers in the monastery, um, he, he told me, he had this, this acronym once for, for the things we should do in prayer. And he said, tips is what he, he, he named it. Can you guess what tips is? What would T stand for? Hmm? Thanksgiving. I. Intercession. Intercessions. P. Praise. Praise. S. Supplication. So, tips is how we should pray. Thanksgiving. Like these are the, the different types of things we should use. Thanksgiving, intercession, praises, supplications. Um, we often ask, how does God answer our prayers? So how does God answer our prayers? <laughs> how do we know what he wants? Hmm? Other than an angel appearing and saying, hey, do this. Sometimes just everything just kind of goes very smoothly. Okay. Even though it's not the path, like there's lots of times where I pray for certain things, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's definitely not what I prayed for." But this is great. Okay. Um, so so doors are open. Kind of, yeah, the doors are opening. Things are just kind of going very well. Okay. Um, even though it was the complete opposite of what I asked for, but I did pray, but it wasn't the way. Okay. So when we see God, like we we pray for God's will to be revealed in our life. And when we pray, God will, will, will sometimes answer us uh, through scriptural revelation, uh, or you know, He'll enlighten us somehow in Scripture. So, but I'm not saying just like randomly open your Bible and read something in Scripture and say, "Okay, God's message." You know, there's a there's a, there's a saying like there's, they said there's a man one time he opened the Bible three times. First time he, he wanted like you know a sign from God, so he opened it randomly. Do you know this? Uh, so, so the first time it was about Judas, uh, you know, hanging himself. So he's like, "What? You want me to hang myself?" So he closed the Bible and he opened it again. And the second time he opened it, it was you know, "What you do, do quickly." So he's like, oh, "Get up! What do you want from me? <laughs> you know, do you want me to go kill myself?" <laughs> 
And the third time, I can't remember what the third, do you remember what the third thing was? Or? And the third thing was something but very like, you know, suicidal, like something off. And so, random is bad. <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm consistent in my readings, like we said, if I'm reading every day, and I'm consistent, then God's message is revealed to me on a daily basis. God speaks to me through His Word, and His Word is alive. And so whatever situation I'm going through on a, on a day-to-day basis, God is speaking to me in my readings. It's not a random thing, it's God's message for me. But I don't just run with it. St. Bachomius one time, so the second thing is, when I do get scriptural revelation, or when doors are open, or when, when things seem... Like, or it seems like God is telling me to do something, I need guidance. Spiritual guidance is very important. And so St. Bachomius one time, when he was still a monk under St. Palamon, um, he, he used to go run errands close by the river, um, and, and he was in uh, Tabanisi. So he was in Tabanisi, and he heard a voice saying, Bachomius, you are to start a monastery here, and monks will gather around you, and you will be a blessing to many, and so on. So he heard the voice of God saying to him, start a monastery here. What do you think he did? If God appeared to you today and said, do such and such a thing, what would you do? Do it. <laughs> he, told the he ran back to St. Palamon and told him, I heard the voice of God saying to me such and such a thing. Do you think it's a deception or do you believe it's the voice of God? They are always very, uh, very quick to run to their spiritual fathers in order to receive guidance, in order to make sure that they are not deceived. Because the devil is the deceiver and so he can deceive us very easily. One time the devil appeared to a monk in the form of uh, the Lord Jesus. And so the monk saw him and he said to him, Forgive me, uh, I don't think you came for me. The righteous monk that you are looking for is next door. And so as soon as he said this, the devil disappeared. But that's because the monks weren't looking for apparitions. They weren't looking for, um, you know, God or an angel to descend. They were humble and they sought their revelation or whatever revelation they got, they sought guidance uh, from their spiritual father all the time. Because Christianity is a life of discipleship. And so if we just use whatever thoughts we get or, or whatever we feel is right and go by it, uh, then we'll be our own guides and when we are our own guides, one of the fathers said, the devil is truly your guide, and we are deceived. And so it's always important, suppose I read something in scripture and I feel God is telling me something, I go to my spiritual father and I tell him, Abuna, I believe God is sending me this message. What do you think? And follow St. Bachomius' example of always revealing our thoughts and getting guidance. Um, or even if, the, the, like, at least reveal to each other, like a friend too, um, that sometimes helps as well. So the after prayer, the first point is I need to uh, I need to hear God's answer. I need scripture and I need guidance. 
Um, and the second point is I need to learn to pray often. And so I can, and you practically speaking, you need to pray often. You're all either at work or in school or doing things during the day, and so you're busy. You're, you're not hermits in the desert doing, doing you know, just prayer. And so praying without ceasing is very difficult. But one of the things we can do um, is, one, we need to realize that we are standing in the presence of God at all times. And so when I stand in the presence of God, you know, I need to ask myself, if, if Christ really, and you say I walk out of this church and Christ was there, what would I say to him? Hmm? Hi. So say hi to him. You know? Okay. Hmm? No, no, but... but the, I, yeah. So do we say hi to him throughout the day? He's in our presence. Do I say hi to him? Do I realize the presence of God? Do I speak to Him regularly? Um, and to do that, I can tre create like trigger routines. So, for example, you know, if if uh, if you know, Saint Theophan the Recluse gives examples of you know before beginning anything, I can say, "Lord bless." So, say I'm I'm a doctor, and before I see every any any patient. I say, Lord bless, so that the Lord blesses my encounter with this patient. The Lord helps me to, to provide proper healing and so on. And when I finish something, I can say, glory be to you, O Lord. And so every time I see a patient, I'm praying, even though it's a very short prayer, but I'm praying. When I do this throughout the day, I'll find myself praying throughout the day. And so my day, my day is not a disconnect where in the morning I pray and in the evening maybe I pray. Or maybe I never pray either one. But if suppose I pray in the morning and in the evening, one of the problems is I'll pray in the morning, not speak to God throughout the day, not say hi to Him at all throughout the day. And then I come at night and I feel disconnected. I feel like, oh, this is heavy. But that's because I'm not speaking to Him regularly. You know, when my brother, my brother was at the, the monastery uh, like a year or a year and a half ago with his wife. And I was giving a talk, I can't remember on what, but I asked him in the middle of the talk, when you were engaged, how often did you talk to each other? And it was like basically every day. And I asked him, when you talked to each other every day, like, were you maybe at work sometimes? And yeah, like they, they would talk throughout the day at work. She was at work, he was at work, he would text, they would take breaks and call each other, you know, I mean, they're engaged. I don't, if I asked him this now, I don't know what the answer would be, but, <laughs> but, but at least when they were engaged, they were doing this all the time. And so if two people who love each other are doing this all the time, what about our love of God? Do we love him? Do we speak to him? Do we, you know, lift up our hearts just to say, I love you, God, or hello, God, or the Jesus prayer? Like, arrow prayers are perfect examples of how we can do this. Just at certain set times throughout the day. Yeah, I can't pray, for example, the sixth hour at noon because I'm in a meeting with my boss. But I can raise my heart to God and say, my Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
And so using the, the arrow prayers, I can throughout the day speak to God on a frequent uh, frequent any frequently. Saint Theophan de Recruz says, so before beginning anything, we can say, bless Lord and glory be to you at the end of it. Another thing he says, if a passion arises, you can say, save me, O Lord, I'm perishing. If a dishonest deed is, is presented before me, I can say, set me, O Lord, in the way in which I should walk, or do not give my feet to stumbling. Little prayers like that. If a sin takes hold of me and I fall into despair, I can say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so on. So he gives these examples as examples of things we can say, like as trigger uh, routines. Um, maybe even when I, you know, one of the fathers in the monastery gave an example of, um, you know, every time you 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 see a car, um, like that you desire. So especially for I guess guys, they, they like cars. And, so when you see a car that you, you you're like, oh wow, this car is amazing. You can turn that into a trigger where, okay, now I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say, Lord, just as I have this, this desire for this car, I want you to turn my heart to desire you. And desire you not like this car, but to desire you fully, genuinely, with true love. And so, obviously, this is a, 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 a simple example, but we can find things here and there that can be like triggers for us to remind us to pray. So for one person, it might be like all the cars he sees throughout the day. Another person, it might be like every time I walk through a door. Um, another person might be, whatever it is, but set triggers to remind you to pray. One of the things I would tell the youth at the monastery is we all have smartphones. And so if I set an alarm on my smartphone, at the hours of prayer, so third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, eleventh, twelfth, and so on. Um, and it's not to pray the Igbeya, because most of us can't if we're at work or school or uh, all that. But if I set those alarms, even if it's just on vibrate, but I set those alarms in order to remind me just to lift my heart to God. And so I'll say, my Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. My Lord Jesus Christ, help me. I glorify you, my Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, my Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, my Lord Jesus Christ. Took me what? 10 seconds? Didn't take long. We can say it's slower, of course, but the point is, it doesn't take long, but I can pray this with my heart while I'm anywhere. I can be in your midst and pray these. Because it doesn't need lips, it doesn't need anything, it just needs my heart to be raised to God. And so when we say such prayers often, when we make this effort, uh, we'll find that uh, there's no longer that disconnect from morning to evening, but we're constantly speaking to the Lord. And so when we get there in the evening, we continue our conversation with Him, and it, it just flows. Um, and so just quickly before prayer, we need to remember we need self-coercion and... Um, setting time. Yeah, dedicate time and consecrate time for God. During prayer, we know that we will be fought by distractions, and so we fight them by either cutting off the tree, like externalizing it, or turning the distractions into prayer. Um, and to, to, to get into the habit of praying before prayer in order to kind of set the tone for ourselves. 
Um, and then the second thing is how do we pray? Uh, like how do we actually pray? We learn it from liturgical prayers, and during the liturgy, we need to participate and truly ask for the things we want. And the saints, prayers and the saints, personal prayers and personal prayers. Um, and then after prayer, we want to know how God answers us. So one would. Hmm? Spiritual guidance, spiritual guidance and, and scripture. And uh, finally, uh, we need to form a routine or to always pray uh, without ceasing. Um, I'll just share the prayer I mentioned, the prayer of the saints by St. Ephraim. Uh, I'll just pray it really quickly. It'll be the conclusion. It, it goes like this. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. The title is, How Many Times Have I Promised... Yet every time I fail to keep my word, but disregard this according to your grace. Grant forgiveness, O Lord, send also strength. Convert me, that I might live in sanctity according to your holy will. Sanctify my heart that has become a den and dwelling place of demons. I am unworthy to ask forgiveness for myself, O Lord, for many times have I promised to repent and prove myself a liar by not fulfilling my promise. You have picked me up many times already, but every time I freely choose to fall again. Therefore, I condemn myself and admit that I deserve all manner of punishment and torture. How many times have you enlightened my darkened mind, yet every time I turn again, I return again to base thoughts? My whole body trembles when I contemplate this, yet every time sinful sensuality reconquers me. How shall I recount all the gifts of your grace, O Lord? that I, the pitiful one, have received, yet I have reduced them all to nothing by my apathy. And I continue in this manner. You have bestowed upon me thousands of gifts, yet miserable me, I offer in return things repulsive to you. Yet you, O Lord, inasmuch as you contains a sea of long-suffering and abyss of kindness, do not allow me to be felled as a fruitless fig tree, and do not let me be burned without having ripened on the field of life. Snatch me not away unprepared. Seize not me who have not yet lit my lamp. Take not away me who have no wedding garment. But because you are good and a lover of mankind, have mercy on me. Give me time to repent and place not my soul stripped naked before your terrible, before you terrible and unwavering throne as a pitiful spectacle, spectacle of infamy. If a righteous man can barely be saved, then where will I end up? I who am lawless and sinful. If the path that leads to life is straight and narrow, then how can I be vouchsafed such good things? I who live a life of luxury, indulging in my own pleasures and dissipation. But you, O Lord, my Savior, Son of the true God, as you know and desires, by your grace alone, freely turn me away from the sin that abides in me and save me from ruin. Amen. Someone trying to like achieve the pure prayer. Like, what is what is that supposed to look like? like no, like I'm saying, like sometimes we feel like, okay, like what I meant, like sometimes we feel like I need to pray because I want to, 
because I feel like it. Because I love God and 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 and, and like I love prayer. But I'm not like most of us are not there. Yeah. I need okay. to struggle to get there. So that's what I, I really meant. Like does that make Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.